0: Welcome to this very special edition of the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean as part of the first ever Guy at the Movies Virtual Film Festival. You know, as many times as I say that, and having been the one that came up with the name, I still can't say it. Like, I'm always like, what is the the Guy's vir- virtual thing? Um, Sean, how's it going?
1: It is great, and I have been enjoying the Guy at the Versailles Virtual Film Festival. It's really wonderful. So thank you for bringing me in as a part of it.
0: Good start, good start. Well, listen. Um, today we're not alone. We brought in uh, some some backup that will uh, hopefully keep us on track. <laughs> uh, so please welcome Ziana the basic cinephile herself. Hi. Haley from Unlimited Reviews. Hi. And Melissa Byrne of Melissa Byrne, <laughs> <laughs> who may or may not be frozen. We're working on uh, technical issues, but we'll get we'll get her in. Um. And I see that she's adding, she might be adding herself down here. So we'll play with that on the back end here. But uh, what we're going to do today is we're first going to start off chatting about movie news. Um, And let's see, here we got Melissa. Melissa. We don't. All right. So we are going to just start talking about movie news today, which is what we do as a podcast. But a little differently, we're going to uh, kind of go around and see what people are thinking about in terms of the news that's been released this week. And then we have a conversation that we want to get into later on that's a little more topical uh, that I think will be really beneficial. But before we move into um, some of the, the fun news that we have, we, we have to recognize the fact that on Friday evening, we learned that Chadwick Bozeman, star of films such as 42, and of course, King T'Challa from Black Panther in the MCU, passed away after a four-year battle with colon cancer. Uh, we wanted to take a moment to recognize his impact on cinema and also the silent battle that he, he waged without us, us knowing. I think what's really shocking to me is um, you know, his career really flourished over the past four years, and to know that he was battling what he was battling is just absolutely incredible.
1: When you look at it, you um, you sort of see the situation, and uh, he already seemed like someone who is uh, genuinely humble, um, both on and off the screen. Um, and you see that now where he uh, kept his suffering uh, quiet. Um, he didn't want people to uh, worry or be concerned. Um, it was something that was, uh, truly amazing on his part as a person. Um, and as a performer, it's unbelievable because he was iconic before black Panther, he was mm-hmm. playing several, mm-hmm. several African-American, um, you know, idols in many different situations in music in sports and, um, and in, in the legal system, um, yeah. and just to like, see all of those situations where he completely enveloped himself into those characters was uh, truly wonderful and he brought another generation to know about all those black heroes, which was can't can't be uh can't be underlooked.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there.
2: How yeah, about- I mean I think I think I mentioned yesterday that I mean just purely his physicality for some of the roles that he did as well knowing that he was stage three cancer at that point you know for black panther etc i mean the 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 work that he put in for that is is amazing um considering what he would have been going through at the time um and i think a lot of the tributes that have been paid by people who have worked with him um you know you can see the sort of person that he clearly was through the things that they've said i think i shared on my stories the um you know josh gad's story about him, who worked with him. Um, And he was absolutely, you know, torn to pieces um, and said some absolutely, you know, beautiful things about him. So he was clearly a, 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 you know, very lovely individual, um, as well as extremely talented.
3: Yeah, I think um, what stood out to me the most was the same was all of the personal um, tributes that were being paid to him by people who knew him. And it's like, he just he was he was battling cancer he was an incredible actor and so amazing in the roles that he had and then he still managed to be a genuinely good person so he left um he left a lot of broken hearts in every aspect
0: Uh, oh and we lost melissa Uh. Uh, and I, you're exactly right. And I think one of the things that's most surprising, um, or I guess was most shocking was how surprising it was when we found out the news. Um, I, I don't know who I was saying it to, but it's, it always hits so hard when you're not expecting an individual like, you know, that that's that young, right? He was 43 years old. Um, I think that is really something that is just hard to comprehend.
1: I mean, I reacted the same way I reacted with uh, Kobe. Someone sent me an article and I said, I very yeah. calmly said, oh, this is a fake article. Like, I did not even, like, come close to being shocked. I just, like, s- straight up didn't believe it. And um, I think about um, when a, uh, you know, young actor dies um, or an old actor is that we say, you know, oh, we have we have the memories of his work. With a young actor, it's more painful because who knows what else they could have done. Yeah. But with Chadwick Boseman, um, we yeah. don't just have the memories of his work. We have someone that... Like you know, has become a probably one of the most famous, and unfortunately, most likely the first black superhero um, that's been on film, um, unless I'm thinking of something else. But um, for that alone, like he's he's never gonna die in that respect, Um, and he'll be like you know the corniest thing to say live on forever. But in this case, in the culture itself, he's really gonna live on forever.
0: How about you, Melissa? Can you guys hear
4: me? I'm so sorry about
0: this. No, you're fine. We can hear
4: I'm, you. I'm trying to speak. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. This keeps kicking me out, and I did not foresee these issues.
3: Right, no um, worries.
4: But you know, when I heard the news about Chadwick, I also thought it was a fake news article because it just seems so unbelievable. And I th- think for me, like when I say I didn't even know he was sick, it sounds so silly, because it's like, why would I even know I'm not in his close circle. But it's one of those things that just kind of like, knocks you off your feet. Because I I just remember seeing him in so many movies. He's, first of all, he doesn't even look 43 years old. He's just (laughs) so young, and lively. And to tell he's very passionate about his work. And he's very charismatic. And you know, he just never looked like he was going through such a battle like that. He did movie after movie. He did press tour after press tour all around the world. So, you know, it just really, I thought it was fake and I was in shock. And um, that night I even like shed a few tears I, because I think about the hard work and motivation that he had, that he must have had to put aside his own issues and really put in good work out there for us. So that just really hit me really hard. And I just have nothing but um, prayers and thoughts going out to his family and his close circle.
2: Yeah,
0: I think we all echo that as well. It just... It's sad, um, but I think Sean put it well with, you know, we we do have some iconic roles from um, Chadwick Bozeman and I think what he has done for um, cinema, but also in particular for, you know, young black men growing up um, I think is very impactful and, um, you know, former President Obama said it, I think, the other day to be, you know, that talented young black and fighting and that battle. And gifted, yeah. yeah. It's just, and it's...
4: you know he was playing a superhero, but I think, you know, it turns out like in real life, he he is a superhero as well. Um, I think that's like really like a testament to just keep on pursuing your passions and your purpose, even when you're fighting the worst and worst of battles. He, he'll forever be a inspiration to, in my community and also for our generation.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, for all of, um, all the talk that we're going to get and all the, uh, you know, Viewings of Black Panther that are going to be shown. I know ABC in the states is showing Black Panther tonight um, and all that. I hope that they do focus on the how he was a superhero off the screen as well. Melissa, you kind of just alluded to it a little bit, but he also did a ton of work in the community um, and for charity. And I think that that just you know to to be able to use your your gifts in that way and your your fame is um, a whole other level of uh, inspiration that we'll we'll always remember with him. Absolutely. All right. So we, I'm I'm glad that we, we talked about that. I know we were going, we were all going back and forth about, you know, how upset we were and wanting to talk about it, but uh, let's, let's move on and talk about some of the, the crazy movie news that we've gotten that's come out. Uh, And I, I, you know, it's, we're going to talk about reboots again. I know Haley is really uh, like ready to fight about that one. Um, But let's start, (laughs) let's start down uh, with Sean. Sean, what, what have you what's your news story for the week what's the one that really grinds your gears or excites you or
1: so um before the horrible news this weekend there was uh, further um, news that sort of is going to change the world um quite a bit and it's that um uh, the movie uh the Marvel movie another Marvel movie uh, the Eternals um is no longer going to have the the in front of its uh, <laughs> name It is now just going to be Eternals, and um, it's really, it was something that I just thought that was a fake art. No, okay, so um, when, like, (laughs) something like this um, really kind of, like, makes me wonder about the, you know, phoneticism in movies, when they think about it, do they look at it? A friend of mine said, like, well, a lot of people were saying the Eternals, and I'm like, were they? Um, But I guess, like, the, the Eternals kind of, like, really does jump a little bit. And it's one of those things where uh, it was referenced uh, in our uh, pre-taping where it's a lot like uh, Facebook where it's just, you know, drop the the, it's cleaner. Like, you know, that kind of uh, situation from the social network. And um, I think it is kind of that. I think, you know, when you're looking at these movies that are going to be marketed from kids, you don't want the kids saying more syllables. So, you know, Eternals, like, let's go. And (laughs) I think there's something interesting to it. Um, I just, you know. To tell you the truth, it was a slow news day, or excuse me, a uh, slow news week. Um, so, you know, when I saw that that one on there, I was like, okay, yeah, no, let's do the Eternals. Um, and I, I kind of loved the idea of, you know, just like making it sleeker, making it a little bit more sharp. Um, I have talked more than Marvel has talked about it right now, but <laughs> let's hear what y'all have to say about the Eternals.
2: I mean, really, does it make sense? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, Ziana's it's, like, it's, I woke up for this shit.
2: <laughs> I mean, I suppose anything you can say is, I suppose if you say the Eternals quickly, it kind of sounds like Turtles. I mean, maybe that's why they changed it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I just... I, I, it's, a
0: it's, it was a snow slow Newsweek, not a snow news oh. week. Don't put that out there. Yeah. Um, I, Yeah, I, you know what? It's just ridiculous. I... Number one, I thought it was called Eternals all along. So when I saw that, I was like, okay. Um, but, you know, it, it clearly like, they know what they're doing marketing-wise. So uh, good story, Sean. Good story.
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely here to bring the heat. Thank God you have me as a co-host. Holy.
0: <laughs> all right, let's get into some uh, more conversation. Haley, what do you got?
2: Um. Well, I mean, I picked it up from you posting it earlier in the week, and it's just this whole reboots it just it's just the weakest part i feel of of cinema releases generally and they annoy me and i think i've said it numerous times now like do we really need another texas chainsaw massacre like how many times can we tell that story i mean like maybe uh-huh. we should have a Muppets version of it or something which might actually bring something <laughs> new to the table but I can't I just it really it really irritates me.
1: How do we feel um I mean I I will say that I... it's oh well this is gone. Can't...
4: sorry the last um, I think I'm of minds about reboots I because I agree I think we should come up with more original stories. But then sometimes I find myself enjoying some reboots. For example, I was so against the idea of rebooting Jumanji just because I grew up with the original Jumanji, being obsessed with it, growing up watching it over and over. And I was against even touching that Robin Williams classic. But then I got a free screening of the reboot for the first movie. And I went to go see it because I was curious enough. But I didn't pay for it. It was free. And (laughs) I went in there, sat in the theater, sat in the theater, watched it and I was sad to find out that I was enjoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a fun time. But I also think that we do have to come up with more original ideas and that goes to movies that are, that are also doing like the whole gender swap thing. Yeah. Cuz I think you know you're kind of you're kind of just, you know, re- like recycling original work and trying to mesh it because marketing-wise, you need the name so that people w- will recognize it and go out and buy a ticket. I understand that, like money-wise. But at the same time, um, you're you're taking away original writing, especially for um, women and also people of color. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, why can't we write something new? Like, for example, I'm going on a rant now. For example, we <laughs> keep talking about, you know, Idris Elba, why doesn't he do James Bond? He'll be the first black James Bond. But it's like, wait, but wait, why can't he just have his own original franchise? Right. Mm-hmm. Why can he why can't he have his own thing? I would love to see that. I would love to see a action thriller espionage adventure franchise that's made for Idris.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think that's something that we see all the time in film and I think about Ghostbusters afterlife um when they brought a whole female cast in and you know it was met with uh, number one i didn't think it was a bad movie it got crapped on Mm -hmm. but i actually had fun with it i mean it's not like a modern marvel or anything but um but that's a prime example of like what you're saying write original content and stop trying to just take women or take people of color and put them in roles that have already been established let them establish their own and we (laughs) don't see that
2: like I don't generally have too much of an issue with a reboot as such, but it's when you're having a reboot of a reboot of a reboot. Right. And right. You're just be like, <laughs> yeah. We don't need 50 versions of the same film. It's uh-huh. not, it's just getting pointless.
0: Ziana, what about when yeah. they reboot Palm Springs? Are you going to be upset? <laughs> oh
2: God. I mean, who are they <laughs> casting? You
3: know, <laughs> I think um, with the reboots, if you're going to do it, you have to knock it out of the park. And so I think like Melissa's example of the Jumanji movies, those have been amazing. But a lot of the other reboots that have come out in the last couple of years, like Scoob was so rough, even during quarantine with nothing new to watch. Like that was horrible. And like last year, the, the new Men in Black, like they brought back a lot of Um, beloved franchises and it just seems like in the last couple years a lot of them have fallen short of the original glory so it's it's a lot of pressure if you're going to bring back something that people love like you have to make sure that you're doing it well
1: i think some of the issues are that uh you know filmmakers every single filmmaker is out there is like i can tell my men in black movie (laughs) (laughs) i can bring in my story and it's like no no that's men in black international and that sucks. But yeah. I just like, wonder, um, you know, when it comes down to it, I have this like very, like, you know, very obvious, but Buddhist saying um, about movies. When I find out about a remake, I just say, if it's good, it's good, which is basically just, you know, the dumbest, like, you know, weirdest thing <laughs> to have. But I just sort of like go in there and just say like, you know, well, if they're going to make um a uh, Planes, Trans, and Automobiles movie, it's probably going to suck, but it could be good. And so oh. I, that's one of the things that I, I look at there is like, I don't have high expectations. But, you know, just like, you know, Jumanji or, you know, something like Ocean's Eleven, which is technically a remake. Um, And, you know, there's a few others out there that, uh, you know, most of them do pretty much suck. But, you know, there could be once in a while the Diamond in the Rough. However, Haley, I'm with you on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is um, it's going to suck. They already did the modern retelling, I think, twice already. Yeah. Um, and the point of it is that it's an old movie, like that's the point of some of the horror in it. Like, if you see the first one, them driving around in the truck is terrifying because it's just like how it's filmed and everything like that. But who knows if it's good, it's good,
2: yeah. And, and I think the other thing was, I think it was the yeah. Nettie Professor that you were saying is going to be rebooted. Yeah. I just can't imagine anyone doing that other than Eddie Murphy. Uh, you know, it's just, I just, yeah. I just don't think it'd work.
1: Well, Jerry Lewis did it first, but um. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna do that. I'm sorry.
2: Sorry. I'm sorry.
1: But I think that like the prime example.
0: Oh what's that?
4: Some of us grew up with Eddie Murphy being the nutty professor. So it's like (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's
0: that's what I was gonna say. Like, you know, it's (laughs) it's what we grew up with, right? Um And I don't know it's I'm with you though. That's just going to be so weird because that's what we're going to compare it to just, but I I will say that like after seeing the Jerry Lewis one um, after I started like guy at the movies, I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, uh, like the the Eddie Murphy one was a departure. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm usually fine with certain reboots, but what I don't like is like, you know, for instance, Luke's in the comments and he just brought up the power Rangers and you know, that's something that was rebooted in 2017, and I would love to see that brought into some more relevance because it played such a big role in my childhood. Like I was a big Power Rangers geek growing up. Um, and I think that it's a story that could be told and re- could be really cool with modern effects and all that. But they also changed the story a lot and changed the the backstory. And like, if you're going to reboot something, let's not forget where it came from. Um, don't just redo it, but, you know... I don't know. That may be a bad example, but they really kind of tore apart like the origins of power Rangers. And now they're rebooting it again and going back to basics because it didn't work. Um, the other one that's coming out that was just announced yesterday or Friday is they're writing a new haunted mansion movie, um, for Disney. So the previous one again was Eddie Murphy. Uh, and I don't think it really connected much, but Disney of course is trying to, um, you know, really drive their, uh, Uh, rides into film franchises as we found out with Pirates and then of course Jungle Cruise coming up and all that so will you guys see a Haunted Mansion movie?
3: No. (laughs)
4: Um, If it's good if it's good you know maybe for free
1: (laughs) I knew you were going to say that (laughs) Um, I only recognize the original haunted mansion with Jerry Lewis and I don't recognize any other one. (laughs)
0: Goodbye, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. Uh, Ziana, what do you got in terms of news stories or topics that you want to discuss?
3: Okay. So the news story I wanted to talk about was Olivia Wilde getting announced to um, direct an untitled, mysterious (laughs) Marvel movie. Um, And I'm so excited about that. Um, Just from the perspective of representation, like to have a woman director behind a Marvel movie, I couldn't be more excited about it. Um, So I just, I rewatched Booksmart last night in honor of (laughs) knowing that I was going to be talking about this topic and just seeing like as her directorial debut, like how funny and smart that movie was. I'm excited for her to bring her brand of humor and insert that into the Marvel universe.
0: Yeah. And it's strongly- it's strongly been hinted that she's going to be um, uh, directing Spider Woman. And she also tweeted, I guess, like a spider or something. So people are pretty much like, yeah, that's what it is.
3: I hope that's what it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, and this is for Sony's um, Sony. What's that? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, we lost her again. Oh, no. Yeah. Melissa's having such technical difficulties. It's terrible. I feel bad. Um, so this is for the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters, mm-hmm. which they call like Spunk or something.
3: We <laughs> <laughs> um, gotta do something about that. <laughs>
0: they gotta do something about that. So we'll have that coming up. Um, I'm really. I want Beanie Feldstein in it. I want Beanie Feldstein in it somehow.
2: I want her in everything.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> Haley, did you see Booksmart?
2: No, I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. I do need to watch it. It's on my very long watch list of things to watch.
0: <laughs> Highly recommend that. Highly recommend. All right, look, I'm going to bring Melissa back in real quick. Hey, Hello. hey guys. We love
4: technology. <laughs> Yay. It's
0: so much fun. <laughs> Melissa, what are your thoughts on uh, Olivia Wilde doing Spider Woman?
4: Yeah, I'm excited to see what she does because I too loved BookSmart when it came out and I think it's honestly underrated. I don't think enough people have seen that movie. I went in not really knowing what it was going to bring me. Um, and when I watched it, I had a blast watching it. I think Beanie was great in it. And um, I think her name is Caitlin. Um, De-
0: uh, the- Devers, I- right?
4: Devers, yeah. She's really great. I- I've seen her in Short Term 12 and also in Netflix's Unbelievable last year. Um, two great pieces of work, and Booksmart is another one that was really good and really well done. And and because of that movie, I'm excited to see what she does with the Marvel movie. And more people need to go out and watch Booksmart. Watch it. I think it's on Hulu.
0: I agree. I agree. We were just telling Haley that she needs to watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's
0: a good one. It it didn't receive the mass appeal that I think it should have, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, it but deserves. it's a really intelligent well-produced, well-directed, well-acted film. So, um, yes. Melissa, you're up on the stories.
4: Yes. So I'm excited about um, Raya and the Last Dragon. I think that's the title. Yep. It's going to be a new Disney animated movie. Um, it's going to be star. Okay, so I'm excited because I love animated films, and I also love adventure films. So it's combining two things that I love. And I also love the fact that it's going to be starring an Asian girl. And not only that, they're going to be casting an actual Asian girl for it. And (laughs) that sounds like it's really typical and generic for them to do. But, you know, we know a lot of times some things just do not um, connect with people who make these movies. So what a concept, casting an Asian girl to play an Asian role. I know, right? You know, I'm excited about it. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Scarlett Johansson's pissed
4: <laughs> oh my god Scarlett Johansson must be pissed off so must be Emma Stone who played yeah. like a half Asian <laughs> character some Woody Alby or Aloha
0: Scarlett right Woody. or
4: I think it was Aloha yeah yeah um, I think it was Cameron Crowe so um I'm excited for that and you know when Kelly Marie Tran was in the Star Wars franchise. She was getting like really severely bullied on social media. So I'm kind of like, I'm wondering if, if this will bring her back to social media, cause like, she'll have to promote it. But again, like I'm worried about her being bullied again.
2: Yeah. Um,
4: but yeah, so I'm just concerned about her well being. I guess, because I think this will be another one that shines a lot of fame on her. Cause she, cause it's kind of groundbreaking again but I'm excited to see what they do with it and what the story will be about. And again, I love dragons and adventures.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do we have other Disney fans on the stream here?
1: I just yeah, think it. it's going to check so many boxes. I mean, this is like you just said, like the dragon and fantasy uh, level. It's got uh, a diversity angle and, you know, for once a diverse actress behind it, like you were saying, which is apparently a radical thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I really just, you know, truly, truly am excited for what, Something like this can do, like in animation style. I mean, we've just seen three How to Train Your Dragon movies, which are very good and know how to like mess with the animation there. And so Pixar can hopefully up that, you know, up that imagination if they, uh, you know, if they feel that. Yeah. Haley and Diana.
3: I feel like they did such a good job with Coco and in representing um, the Mexican culture in that movie. And so I'm excited. I feel like disney is was much overdue for um adding some diversity (laughs) to its body of work and doing so in a way that's not like pocahontas from the 90s like things that they used to be able to get away with that they would never be able to get away with now so i'm excited to see um yeah what they're gonna give us
2: yeah i think it's um it's nice to see disney going to an original story as well because there's been so many um, of the live-action remakes just lately. Um, again, obviously, not a fan of a reboot. Um, so to see an original story brought out is, you know, is a good step for them to to go down and obviously actually start creating content that covers more diverse stories um, and, and just creates content that... You know, is more representational across the board. I mean, I think I think the feedback maybe that they're getting for Mulan uh, and the the live action remake for that, um, maybe that's decided that they're going to go down a slightly different route in terms of more, um, you know, stories of of Asian culture that they're going to start looking at that side of things.
0: I will say the other day, when uh, Friday evening I spoke with Dan Lund as part of a panel. Dan Lund is a Walt Disney Animation animator. Um, he's been with them for a long time, everything from um, I'm trying to think of the things he worked on. He worked on Mil- the original Milan. He worked on Hercules. He worked on you know Atlantis, the Lost Empire, Brother Bear, which is one of my favorites. And if you want to see a really funny like clip from that interview, I bring up Brother Bear and it caught him <laughs> off guard. He's like, I usually get asked, like, is Frozen 3 coming out or something like that? <laughs> um, he was like, no one ever talks about that. Did that even get released? I was like, oh, boy, OK. Um, <laughs> But he he said that they're working on. Um, he's able to work from home. That he's working on a feature. And actually, as we're talking, I'm wondering if that's not Raya and the Last Dragon because it's not a Pixar film. It's actually Walt Disney Animation, um, which is changes that conversation a little bit, doesn't it, Sean? Oh my god, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So, but what he did say was that Disney is leaning into, um, leaning into social issues and alla- and ready to like, tackle oh. them and. Could it, That's so could nice it to hear. Could
4: it possibly be a Zootopia sequel?
0: Could it possibly be what?
4: Could it possibly be a Zootopia sequel? Because I love Zootopia so much,
0: and Zootopia nailed it when it came to the discussions of Black Lives Matter and yes. you know they, racial yeah. diversity. And
4: they made an animated movie about racial profiling, and it was so good,
0: <laughs> so good, so good. And you know what's I, not I'm maybe not. Yeah, and maybe funny isn't the right way to say this. So please excuse my poor lack of vocabulary on a Sunday morning. But that most people probably didn't even pick up on that. Because when I talk to people about Zootopia and like how I think revolutionary it was in the story that it's told, and then I point that out, people are like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess so.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for Duh. me, that's why it's. One of- best disney movies i think for me it's like in my top three or five because it's so layered like you have the buddy cop comedy you have the crime thriller and then you have something that's really being you know exposed here about the racial profiling and the prejudice like it's so multi-layered it deserves more love people watch utopia give me a sequel
0: (laughs) (laughs) and it has an incredible song from shakira that really is addicting (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's on my playlist in my car. It comes up every <laughs> once in a while uh, So the before we move into kind of our larger discussion What I wanted to bring up was um, not really a news story, but more specifically just theaters are reopening so I guess it is a news story uh, and I um, What finally went back to the theater in um, I know Haley you've you've been to the theater in the past couple of weeks, right? You guys have been uh, open.
2: Yeah, so I went on Wednesday Okay. For just a small film, just some guy called Christopher Nolan, yeah. like no <laughs> some big deal. Film
0: called Tenet. Tenet. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, there's been a lot of concern about them reopening <laughs> and, and what that's going to look like, especially in the US, because um, it's not really well documented. But we're kind of a shit show, so <laughs> um, <laughs> proud to be here. Um, but they, you know. Uh, I was actually really – I felt comfortable when I was at the theater the other night, and I wasn't expecting that. There weren't a lot of people in the theater. They're keeping it down to a certain capacity. Everyone had a mask. There was hand sanitizer everywhere. I took my own hand sanitizer, and I was jokingly saying last night I found myself just sitting there watching a movie, not doing anything, and then halfway through I'd, like, put hand sanitizer on my hands just (laughs) randomly. Like I hadn't touched anything, but – But yeah, I I oddly felt very comfortable and I'm going to see Tenet on Monday and I just booked the uh, personal history of um, David Copperfield for Tuesday. Um, So I'm so excited to be able to go back. Have any of you, other than Haley, been to theaters?
4: I've been to drive-ins and I I, I found out yesterday that Tenet is playing at the drive-in. So just because I'm a little bit, like I was, like I want to see Tenet but I was I was not really sure about going inside the theater yet um, just because I was reading, you know, the latest articles about Corona and it is something concerning. And I think we should all be taking it seriously. Obviously, I don't want to be ever be complacent about it. So I think I may take the drive in route to watch Tenet, even though, you know, it's not ideal for a Christopher Nolan movie. But that way I get to see the movie and also get to be a little bit more comfortable about just, you know, being in my car and not like in an open room with other people. So I think
3: I may see a drive-in style.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. How about you, Ziana?
3: I have been to the drive-in once, but I live in Las Vegas, and that was a mistake to go to the drive-in. <laughs> Why? Why? It was so hot. Was hot. <laughs> no, like, it never... Does your like... AC work? Yeah, but I didn't want to run it for the whole hour and a half. <laughs> so like that's kind of obnoxious so i turned it on probably like four or five different times to like blast it and then i brought like a little portable fan and i had um i had like ice packs with me and i still was dying it started out at like 107 and then by the time i left it was like 101 in my car and i was like yeah i can't do this again
0: no that's insane
2: yeah. No. So, so
3: if I go see tenant, it'll definitely be inside a theater because I'm gonna risk my life either way. I'd rather at least be a little bit cooled off. So
2: <laughs> yeah, we've we have um we've had the drive-in stuff here in the UK. Um, but a couple of people that I know that have been, they're literally having to watch films through like constant wind windscreen working because our weather here has been awful. Oh, so no. I don't know what would be worse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god i didn't even think about that <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah i mean the, the cinemas here in the uk you have to book in advance so you've got your and trace details and everything you can't just turn up and book um so it means that you can at least look in advance before you go you know we we picked a, a showing that was deliberately really empty there was like mm. five five or six other people in the cinema when we went um you know if if it helped. we've had a few days of work so i was obviously able to go to a much quieter showing otherwise i'd only have weekends which are busier and i probably wouldn't have gone um so yeah so it's just it's just i think it's finding what's comfortable for you because i said that absolutely i would not go back but um but seeing you know that there's fewer numbers and you can go to a, a showing that at least makes you feel a little bit more comfortable has definitely helped
0: when you say trace details is that like in terms of who you've been around and stuff like that? Is that more organized in the UK than it is here? I know the answer (laughs) to that. Yes, it it probably (laughs) is.
2: (laughs) No, no, it's not. We basically, I think we went into partnership with like Google and Apple and we were going to produce this like really amazing track and trace system. And then the government went, "Mm, no, actually we don't want to do that now. We're going to do something else. And then it just scrapped everything. So, but it's so that if anyone that does go to the cinema does, um report with symptoms that they can then trace exactly who was in that cinema at that time so it means that obviously you got randomers just turning up and buying tickets you've got no way of identifying who they are
0: gotcha 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 yeah it's so finicky and i feel like that's going to be our reality for the foreseeable future until something happens but i don't know who knows what fresh hell tomorrow will bring you know (laughs) All right. So one of the, you know, what Sean and I like to do every week when we are on our podcast is we talk about the movie news and then we kind of focus on one big topic and the topic that I was hoping to focus on this week and why I asked the three of you to join um, really is kind of, has already been uh, discussed a little bit with Melissa and the stories that she had brought up in terms of diversity and representation. And I like to lean more towards the representation piece because I think that's like the actionable item instead of, the word diversity that I think has been commandeered with people saying like, look, we have a position, so we're good, we're diverse, and that's not at all what we need to do. Um, but in particular, Ziana and I actually had a long conversation through you know, Instagram about this a couple weeks ago. Um, I was struggling with representation of women in particular in this film festival, and I was very cognizant of it and very worried about it. Um, because what I learned through that is that our cinephile community that we all like to be a part of, and we're on Instagram and YouTube and wherever, um, is so number one, heavily male, but number two, the, uh, you know, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking about society in general. Um, but there seems to be, it seems to be a larger challenge for women to break into our community and get showcased in our community. And, you know, knowing Haley for the past year, chatting with Haley and knowing Ziana for, I think, just as long, actually. Um, and then Melissa being introduced to your awesome content through Ziana, I figured this would be a great conversation uh, to talk about. And one other piece that I just want to throw in there is this was also kind of talked about yesterday during the Toxic Fandom um, panel where uh, Rachel from Rachel Reviews was um, sharing a lot of threats that she had received and like literal death threats. And she showed a clip package that um, I'll link to in the notes down here that were very um, it was a bunch of women that have careers in being film critics and such that were really, I mean, Haley, I think you were at the panel, the things that they have been heard or that they have heard and that they have been told and uh, things said about their children and all that. It's just, I, I don't get that. And, you know, meaning I don't get those types of reactions when I post the same type of opinion about Joker or whatever movie. Um, and I, I, I probably go to assume that Sean doesn't as well. So I just want to have an open conversation about sort of why why this is the reality that we're dealing with. And um, more specifically, that you three probably see a lot more than, you know, than Sean and I do.
3: I've been fortunate I have not experienced any of those um super negative feedbacks that you were just mentioning that Rachel's received so that's disheartening to say the least to hear that but um so when I started getting into movie reviews um I knew obviously that like a lack of representation of women in the film industry is a problem, um, especially behind the camera, you don't see as many, um, female directors, female writers. Um, and it's not because they don't exist. It's because they're not getting the same um, amount of opportunities to put forth their work. Um, there's like well-documented that like women will, um, have like a decent indie film as like their first directorial debut and then usually where um, a male director would then get a chance to direct a higher budgeted film with women a lot of times it's met with this like oh well they can do indie but can we really trust them with a bigger budget and there's all these questions of like are they really ready and you don't see that as much um, with male directors Mm -hmm. and so I got really into researching like okay, how does this system affect women as a whole? Like, not just directors, not just writers, not just actors. Um, And Meryl Streep has actually been super vocal about this, about the lack of female film critics and how she says that that affects the entire industry because, you know, if a movie is well-received critically, then that affects that director's ability to be funded for the next project, you know? Like that gets butts in seats that affects their box sale uh, box office revenue. And so she Hmm. was saying like this lack of female representation and criticism is actually one of the biggest problems in the film industry. And it's not talked about as much because, (laughs) you know, usually you're so busy talking about the movies that you're not talking about the people who are talking about the movies. Right. Yeah. So I think I'm kind of like of
4: two minds about this as well, because because um, you had mentioned you were having like a hard time finding some um, female cinephiles, and for me, you know, I feel like I'm surrounded by them because um, I write for this website called The Young Folks, where it's actually owned and run by women, and then there's a lot of women writers. And then on, on film Twitter, I follow like a lot of um, film, uh, sorry, um, a lot of female critics. Um, but to your point, I remember having an exchange with someone on instagram and she and she told me man my boyfriend loves movies too and then and then she went on to say i've never seen a girl movie buff and for me to hear that i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) that's a little bit like shocking for me to hear i Uh because i I don't know like i think it's Uh about maybe diversifying who you follow but again it's not like opportunities are really thrown at me either like for me i had to kind of like restart my instagram so that i can put my own content on there because you know i've sought out opportunities and they haven't been given to me so i don't see why not why i can't start my own platform with you know starting out with my facebook group and also my instagram and and then you know hopefully i'll expand from there so i think we're definitely out there but it's about the exposure i think for you to have a seat at the table you kind of for 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 a lot of us you basically have to create your own table and like give yourself the seat mm-hmm. and then hopefully through the talent that you're showing and through the value that, that you're giving about films um maybe then other people will recognize the drive and the talent and the value that you have and then hopefully i mean you know like that comment from that girl saying that she's never met a girl movie buff kind of kind of ignites a fire within me, and I and I feel like I really need to do better and put out more content and sure. really just get exposed because there are so many girls out there who do love movies too. And um, you know, like Xenia, I haven't received negative feedback yet. Um, <laughs> and hopefully that doesn't come. But realistically, I'm sure you know I'll say something one day that pisses off <laughs> someone. Um. um but yeah, I think it's about, we have to create our own platforms, but I also think that people need to probably put more effort into finding different types of voices. Because I know for me, I do that. I don't want to have my timeline just having the same kind of people. I like yeah. to see different kinds of voices and opinions. So it's about making the effort to expose yourself and also creating your own platform. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a very good point. <laughs> Haley, you've had some of that negativity. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I mean, it's not it's not been awful, like not anywhere near as what Rachel was talking about in the in the programme yesterday. Um, I think uh, as opposed to sort of Melissa, um, you know, it's not it's not obvious from my profile that I'm female. Um, And that wasn't a, a, a conscious decision to do that. Um, and I think I then got annoyed when people kept turning around going, Oh, dude, brother, lad, you know, blah blah blah. blah. And you're just like, oh, I'm female, like, don't, and and they're like, Oh, what? Um, women don't like films, and you're like, Um, sorry, have you never been to a cinema where there is at least <laughs> one female, in right? Films? Like, seriously, yeah. um. Yeah. And they are like, oh, I just didn't think that women were, like, really into movies. And you're like, well, if we're not into movies, and I don't wish to generalise, because it's not just women that like these films, but why do things like Bridget Jones's Diary and rom-coms in general and Magic Mike and things like that exist? Clearly women like cinema. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it just, I don't know whether it's just because they were young or I don't know, sometimes the audience you kind of go, I'm not sure whether it's just not really understanding, um, you know, social discussions generally, um, you know, and, and and the fact that women are out there doing various things. We're not just stuck in the kitchen generally. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, I've tried to kind of say to people, I'm female, and not in a like I'm not on a feminist bandwagon or anything, but I'm trying to sort of say, you know, no, I am female. This is a woman's point of view on this, Um, and I think I got more of it when I did a sort of sci-fi, you know, series of reviews not so long ago, and that was probably when it got worse. Funnily enough, doing Disney stuff at the moment, no one, no one's commented. that's where I should be obviously you know cuddly lovely films that don't involve people shooting each other and getting beaten up um but the thing that was like I spoke to Joe about it um obviously because I don't put my picture on anything and he he asked for my photo to promote this so sent it out um he sent it and literally it was within about 15 minutes of that photo going out um, I got a message like oh I didn't realize you were a girl <laughs> are you single and I was like hey, oh my god I'm no girl and I was like he got a very I was in a quite a sassy mood that day so said, yeah, no I'm a grown-ass woman and what I am beyond that is none of your damn business so it was like but yeah I think it's just it, you kind of get to the point where it's not it's not been overly creepy or anything i've not had any of that it's not you know but i know some people may have done and i am aware of somebody in another group that i sort of chat with that um you know there was a Slightly sexual exploitation issue that happened because she was one of the only girls in the group, and it, you know, that sort of thing shouldn't be happening. Um, and I don't think that that's necess- necessarily um, contained just to people who are doing film reviews. It's a social media thing generally.
0: I just want to point out real quick, before we go to Sean, uh, in the comments, Tanya said, I love your Disney post. Also, do they not read your name in your bio? <laughs> well,
2: I, yeah, I added that in to try and make it more obvious, but yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> I was going to ask
4: that, but I guess Haley could be a unisex name. Yeah,
2: I'm they're only they're... aware of one, like there's Haley Joel Osment, obviously, but I'm, I'd say I'm more aware of female Haley's than I am male <laughs> Hayleys, so...
1: Sean, what are your thoughts? Well, as the uh, straight uh, white male of the group, uh, <laughs> I'll be taking the next 13 minutes of our time. Um, no, I, I really, I, it, it does, you know, I'm unfortunately one of those people that are just like, you know, name like girl cinephiles, you know, there's not that many. And uh, I'm with my girlfriend right now. And when I started dating her, um, like, you know, some of her friends said, so how's Sean going to think about Oscar season when you go to see all the movies? And I was just like, Yes! So it was one of those, like, you know, kind of compatible relationships. But I've, like, more and more realized since I've started this Instagram page that there are a lot more, you know, female cinephiles out there. And this is because I've sort of closed my bubble up. Like, I went with my best bro to all the, uh, you know, all the movies and stuff like that. And we talked about how really cool they were. And <laughs> we just high-fived, like, when we left the theater. But um, it's it started to expand uh, my uh, my outlook a little bit more. I just think about when it's going to be there. I think it really does hold and it really needs to hold on female directors. Um, There needs to be more of them. There are thankfully more. There's none that are event directors. And when I say event directors, I mean it's an event to go to that movie. Chris Nolan, Quentin Tarantino, maybe a little bit Martin Scorsese, except now the events are going to be on the couch for the rest of his life. But I, I just think that, you know, all of those are males and that's part of the issue there is um because i think about like something like hustlers that movie that was directed by a woman and thank god it was it was a movie about a stripper heist I, i would have been terrified if that was directed by a male it would have definitely been r for nudity um everyone would have been sexualized and they wouldn't have cared about the human parts of the characters Instead, they covered like, you know, like a strip club in a realistic manner where it's all of them Altman style talking all the time. And, you know, just like JLo being sexy without having to take her clothes off, but also being sexy because she had a certain amount of power. And I think that can draw more women into the cinemas. I think stuff like that. And that was because it's a woman director from a woman's perspective. I yield my time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I really like what Melissa said. And Sean, you just uh, leaned into it a little bit too with kind of expanding your bubble and being intentional about expanding your followers and or who you follow, I should say. Um, and I, that's something that I, I realized back. I talked to the Cherry Picks, uh, Meg from the Cherry Picks back um, maybe a couple of months ago when I was doing quarantine conversations. And you know, the Cherry Picks was born out of um, that idea of showcasing um, you know, the female critics that are in the community that don't necessarily always get the attention that they should. Um, and so from there, I've started trying to, like, really branch out. And um, the the challenge that I still find and that I don't like is, you know, for instance, with planning this film festival, um, the people that you see participating are the people that said yes, but there's also a ton of people that said no and that they wouldn't do it. So when you're talking about a quote-unquote smaller population of individuals that are available. So if I'm talking about like, you know, a limited number of female critics that I'm aware of, um, the number that said no were, you know, still kind of percentage-wise the same as, you know, the, uh, the men that said no. Um, and so that that becomes challenging because then you know with an eye to representation and again, Ziana can tell you this I we were talking about it what like four weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was freaking out because I'm like I have built my page on representation, whether that is on you know whether that's race, whether that is um, you know gender, whether that is uh, sexual orientation, all of that. And my representation for this film festival was not looking good a couple weeks ago. <laughs> And it really upset me. And actually, I think, Haley, did you ask me a while back? I feel like you asked me a while back, like, are you for quarantine conversations? Do you plan on having women on? I don't
2: think that was
0: me. I th- oh, I thought it was you. Uh, <laughs> so, someone brought that up. And I was like, yes, like, it's totally like, it's just um, it, it's something that I think we all need to be cognizant of so that we're lifting up the entire community and not just those that we agree with or those that we interact with on a regular basis. So, um, yeah, you know. I, it's it's challenging, but um, I think we we need to take you know, and we I'm saying like Sean and I as you know the two white males here, I think we need to take some ownership over that and expand our bubbles. Uh, and I think everyone needs to do that. And that is that. No, <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I don't know uh, whether it's something that where people maybe are hiding behind you know a different. Uh, look to their page so that they're not outwardly female, you know, maybe because of the fact that they feel safer doing that, It, you know, potentially it wouldn't necessarily be that you're missing that there are females out there doing it. There's just some people just don't want to necessarily put that out there because they feel safer in that respect.
0: Sure. Melissa, were you going to say something? I think
2: that's
4: a good point because sometimes, um, yeah, I think that's a good point because um like for my page i kind of put like my face out there um and it does cross my mind sometimes i kind of get like nervous about it because i think a lot of other pages they kind of just stick to the reviews and such but for me i i want to put myself out there
0: oh oh no no. right at a good time in a conversation good oh geez (laughs) She'll probably pa- uh, pop back in like yeah. two seconds. That's usually how that happens. Yeah, <laughs> technology's not been good. Oh, here we go. All right, coming back in right about. It says device is not connected. That's not good. Oh, oh, no. oh here we go. Here we go. All right, we're coming back to you.
4: Okay, can you hear me? Yep, we got gotcha. you. Yes. Okay. Um, I wanted to put my my face and my voice out there because why not? (laughs) I may not always say the right thing for you to agree with me, but I think I deserve to still be a voice and hopefully people can catch on to, you know, expanding the conversation and your bubble and not to only follow people that you would usually follow up with. But I think, you know, I have something to offer and I know there's plenty of other female critics or people in the, um, my, in minority groups have something to offer you know everybody has a voice everybody has an opinion and i think there's value from that um but it is sometimes nerve-wracking to kind of like put your opinions in your face out there but again like i i can't really have somebody really tell me i didn't know girls were movie buffs and just me not do anything about it So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i will continue to you know push out my content and and also collaborate with other cinephiles because this is fun. Like it's fun to, to talk about movies and 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 I think you know talking about movies can also obviously teach us a lot about our world and other people and other cultures and other types of different um things. So yeah. That's what I have to say.
0: <laughs> Melissa, I think that is a great place for us to kind of put a pin in it for the day uh, as we're running up against time um i can't thank you enough for being here all three of you i do want to give you an opportunity to just share where people can find you and see some of your incredible content so kind of on my screen i'm going to go around uh, melissa we'll start with you
4: yeah you guys can follow me on instagram it's at melissa burn b-e-r-n-e and i have you know ittv videos i have movie polls and quizzes i have my shenanigans that i do on my reels and I'm gonna be hopefully launching a YouTube channel,
3: ah, so be on the yeah. lookout for
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, Ziana.
3: Um, I'm at the Basic Cinephile on Instagram and TikTok, and I'm on Twitter at the Basic Cinephile. And then it cut off, and there's number one. <laughs> but if you search the Basic Cinephile, you'll see me. Um, and at thebasiccinephile.com.
0: And you will never know if it's her or her sister.
3: Yes. My sister is also a part of my account. Um, we are not twins, but basically we are
0: (laughs) (laughs) Haley.
2: Um, yeah, so I'm just on Instagram, um, as at unlimited reviews, um, just generally posting reviews. Um, I don't really do much other content. So, but I tend to do a lot of runs of specific types of, of stuff. So at the minute I'm in the middle of doing a Disney review run, um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I've got an unlimited card for Cineworld here. So I'm, I'm going to the cinema as much as I can um, in and around that. So I try and post sort of new stuff as well as the runs that I do.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Sean. Uh, I am on Instagram at mathteachermovies, all one word, um, and uh, I do uh, reviews of old movies, reviews of new movies, um, and anything in between. I also do a monologue Monday on Mondays, a um, what the Oscars got wrong Wednesday on Wednesday Wednesdays, and a final shot Friday on Saturdays. But <laughs> any way you look at it, um, it's just good time, good content, fun discussions, so follow on up. Sean's the jokes here.
0: Um, I once again <laughs> want to thank everyone for being here. Uh, I'm Guy at the Movies. You can find me at Guy at the Movies or Guy at the dot com. This is part of the first ever Guy at the Movies virtual film festival. Uh, so I thank you all for being a part of that and being open to the discussion. Uh, and as we end every week, wear your damn mask. All right. <laughs> thank you all. See you soon.
3: Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.